Episode of Money Lab. I'm your host, Matt Boopadabopity Givanisi. And joining me is the founder of ListenMoneyMatters.com and the co-host of the Listen Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. Hey man. How's business? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's just a little stressful, you know. Yeah, well, all right. Because of the babies? Because of that that would be <laughs> not the reason. Oh. I, I actually I set it up. It was it was supposed to be automated so I could step away and then brag about a lifestyle business. You have an automatic baby feeder and, and baby uh poop change diaper machine. Yeah, like, they just put one of their feet on the lever, the little crunchy balls come out. Yep. You know. So you figured out parenting. You've basically. automated parenting somehow. <laughs> that's right. Top parent award right here. But but that's not why you're why, you're, why things are stressful. No, we we uh we lost some traffic based mm. on the the winds of Google, of which we've Is been it, working on. Yeah, I mean, I've been yeah. Um, well, what else? Do you want to elaborate on that at all, or um, I think how, do you, how does it make you feel? I mean, because look, let's be honest. I mean, I I, I have some insight on this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this several times. I mean, we haven't we haven't chatted in a while on podcasting terms because we've been off for the holidays and stuff but um you you know you're not you, you it, it wasn't a devastating amount of traffic like you didn't like no we, then, we it basically kill, it's not killing your business i so, mean it's, it's it's dropping but it's but then it's also recovered a bit right it, it's recovered a bit so so the laura and i take a salary then mm-hmm. we pay for tech things and we pay for our team and then there's like this profit margin yes and Basically, what has happened is our profit margin has been squeezed almost to zero. So we can still collect our paychecks, sure. still pay the team, but I really like that profit margin. Yeah, well, I get it. Uh, you win some, you lose some. Mm, something. But like you're that. doing. But you know how you know how to fix it. You're, We're you're taking doing, evasive action. Yeah, um, and I think you know. Uh, I think it's worth sort of like. I mean, you know, we talk about it now because I asked you how the hell's business. Um, which I do need a new intro. I feel like I say Andrew Fiebert, Hey Man, how's business? Doesn't it doesn't flow right? And I mm. think for the new year, I need to come up with a better intro for you. Sure, I'll figure it out. Okay. I don't know what it is. I, I'm mm. trying to figure it out in my head right now, but I can't do that. That's stupid. There. Okay. So I think it's worth you know in a in a month or two, like you're going to be working on. Um, I would love to discuss right how we fix because the thing is, it will be fixed. There wasn't, it's just this, when we solve it and whatever, it'll be, yeah. Yes, and I and I want to talk about that and also get into more of the nitty gritty details of what exactly, like all the areas in which traffic like dipped and w- what your reasoning is to why you think it happened. Mm. Because I don't think it's as devastating as it, as maybe you make it out to be, because I definitely looked at all the stats and I'm just like, okay, you know, like. But what then again, like the industry also that you operate in happens to all kind of like we're in the your you know, money, your life category, which is yeah. the unfortunately the hardest one. Yeah. But one of the more volatile categories on the we were just getting so much traffic that we didn't have to be super disciplined or super efficient to do well. And now we have to, you know. Right. Well, and, hey, you know. These are the kind of lessons that come into play and you have to kind of adapt. And now we're it. making a course. <laughs> right. It forces, yeah. It forces you to adapt. So there you go. Um, so 
Uh, for me, I'll say uh, business is fine. It's we're 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 in the uh, we're in what I is like the, my slow months for uh, Swim University because it's a mm. seasonal business um, and it's the winter time. But I am like one hundred percent, almost one hundred percent, not one hundred percent in anything. Um, focused on Money Lab, the brand, this podcast, mm. the the everything. Like I want to, I want to level up Money Lab like a mofo in twenty twenty. Oh yeah, I don't know what that means. I just know it means more work in the email marketing department, more work in the content department, more work in the product department, like kind of overall. You so, do them all pretty well. Thank you. Well, I know that's not, that's not fair. I, I think do your email marketing. All right. Maybe on money lab, but that's, but mar- email marketing. I don't know about your automated shit. If that is good. Um, right. It's tall. It's terrible. I do even I'm, have it on money lab. Yes, I have a seven email series for new subscribers. Is that the thing that you sent out where you click yes. this link? And yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm just really bad at like selling. I'm just a bad marketer. Seven it, it, days but, is not a long time. Seven days is not a long time. I'm a bad mark. I say I'm a bad marketer because um, I'm not a salesman. I'm not salesy in any of my. Emails. I don't believe that. If there's anything that you are, it's a salesman. Let's be real. That our business. Is sales. All right. You sold me. Okay, you're right. <laughs> no, but I, I do think that like um I could I could be better. I could find ways to be better at that like really pitching my my own products because mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to not do that that well. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what the 2020 brings, but I'm I am very much focused on Money Lab being a, a a bigger part of my life than it was in 2019. Because I will admit that in 2019, besides the podcast, because the podcast has been consistent. Um, except for the holidays, um, I that 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 I did not create as much new content on Money Lab as I did in previous years. However, mm. I did create uh, a new course. I created a course this year, and I created a digital product, being my WordPress theme. Mm. So I created two products this year, which is more than I've done in previous years. Um, so all your I've other courses were from like 2018 and earlier. Uh, I think Asana for Bloggers came out in 2016. Wow. And then SEO for Bloggers didn't come out until 2018. Wow. So it was so like two years between. So you really yeah. just kind of slacked 2019. <laughs> yeah, right. So I didn't really like, I mean, like content-wise, like really didn't do any challenges in 2019. But I got the email and I saw you updated your timeline. I did do that. Yeah, because people asked me to do it. And I was like, all right, that's something I could spend I like some that post. On. I went through you, it all again. It's like it's like the back history of the yeah. boppity boopity jivanese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boopity boppity. I I went through and uh I, yeah and I I updated like I added more to the end of it, but then I also went back and like cleaned up the copy and added images to be more descriptive and like put yeah mm. so I, yeah cleaned up the code a little bit so it functioned a little bit better. So yeah, it was so there's a, a little animation when the things pop. Yeah, in a little, yeah. That, I took that out for a while and I put it back in because I'm like, huh. I'll just throw a little bit of JavaScript code on this like one page. Right, right. So who cares? Um, but anyway, yeah, that was what I did this year or in 2019. And so uh, we are heading into the new year. Make more money in 2020 is my, <laughs> is my theme. <laughs> what a unique last year, goal. I know last year was uh, stay lean in 2019. Mm. So that's my, <laughs> that's my 
goal for 2020. I don't know what to tell you. I can do so, it. All right. Well, in this episode, we're going to be answering five questions from Money Lab listeners like yourself. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like minded business owners in the members only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math, and Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right, so we're answering your questions. I want to thank everyone who submitted a question via Twitter and email. Keep them coming because we love doing this type of episode. And I mean, shit, unless the money matters, we do this and it's like the best. We probably we do it once a month, I think, on LMM, right? So I wanted to do every four episodes. Laura convinced me every five. So that's roughly that's probably people like it. They they do well. I like them. Yeah. I wonder. I don't know how many we I think we do one a month on Money Lab. No, we might do less. I don't know. Um, but we're doing five questions, so let's get into it. Oh, here we go. This first question is from Dave, and it's right up your alley. Ah. Ah. <laughs> did you right, know this? Did, did you plan this? I did not plan this. No, right. this this question came in all the way back in October of 2019, but we're answering it now. This is from Dave. I've seen a sudden drop in traffic. A couple of weeks ago, my blog's traffic took a bit of a nosedive, dropping from 25, dropping 25%. From around 7,000 views a day to more like 5,300 views a day. It seems to be site-wide, not really correlated to any specific article. I didn't make any big changes, as far as I can tell. On the plus side, sales of my paid product are still coming in a couple per day, and email signups have dropped a little bit, but not a full 25%. I'm not sure how worried to be or how to go about diagnosing and fixing it. Hmm. So I guess the question is... Should I be worried and how would I go about diagnosing and fixing the problem? So I don't want to go and say I'm like the premier expert, but (laughs) for roughly the last 60 days, I would like to say I've read anything of value related to this stuff. My hit came at the end of September. Mm -hmm. And so I've been watching a slide through October and November. And this question came in in October. So perhaps he experienced the same sort of well, so what I think happened to both of you mm. is the BERT update. So uh, we have another site that did really well as a result. Mm-hmm. I, I have a few hypotheses okay. as to why. Um, and let's just assume that he hasn't purchased any links. I have not purchased any links. I've not done any link building. So I've not done anything nefarious. Yes. You know, if you have been hit and you did nefarious things, well, then I think it's fair to assume that it may be related. Yeah, you get what you paid for. Right. Um, I believe, and this is 
related to, you know, what I've been reading. And then, you know, it kind of relates to my worldview on sites is that uh, Google is getting better at, you know, one, determining quality and mm-hmm. then two, determining people that are trying to subvert um, rankings. Yeah, right, right. Right. And uh, what I believe that has happened with Listen Money Matters is there are certain components that have perhaps been perceived as spammy. And there are I've read a few articles uh, and it, one of the Google people who lately have been talking on behalf of the algorithm updates have said that if there are spammy components, uh, this, the algorithms could actually perceive the entirety of the thing to be spammy. So if say you had mm. bought a few links um, and then they were actually able to determine those were purchased, the algorithm may lean to that all of it might be purchased or just Got kind it. of like overweight the negative. Mm. And so examples that I believe that are affecting Listen Money Matters um, across our show notes, and we have like 500 plus and they are a majority of the content on the site. Yeah, from the podcast, yeah. At the bottom, we have show notes and then we have a few links in them. Mm. And uh, most of them have an affiliate link to Betterment in there. And mm. it's out of context. It's not like as a value add thing. Yep. It's just kind of like Betterment link. Right. You know, right. That, I believe, is perceived as spammy. You know, it needs to be resolved. Yeah. Um, things, uh, there, there's been a lot of uh, research that kind of like correlates heavy copy to things that, should perhaps be more pragmatic. So for example, in the space of personal finance, if I think you should sign up for a loan to refinance your debt, I should be focusing on the the pros and the cons, why it might make sense for you, and just like really providing value as opposed to putting wording around it that's saying, well, this is a sexy loan, or I really think you should do it because, you know, flowery words. Yeah, or salesy words. Right, and so yeah. Bert, has been heavy in the neuro-linguistic programming and understanding context. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps um, it's it's that that is, you know, spoiling. Yeah, so you're, you're what BERT is, is their, yeah, their, what are you calling it? The, the, the language update, basically, where like they're now using NLP. like mach- NLP. They're now using that to, it's basically a robot that reads your site and determines and profiles it. I talked about this. The words. Yeah, I talked about this on Rank Ranger's podcast. And after we, we, you and I had both read a post by Rank Ranger, I think in 2018, I think it was August of 2018 when that post came out, where the hypothesis and the speculation was that Google was going to start profiling sites using this NLP because that has been open source for a while. And, and there are software, there's software out there that uses this to their advantage for SEO, you know it's an SEO tool that uses the Google NLP. So like it's been out there for a while, but I think this is the first time that Google is starting to like maybe more so incorporating it into how they're profiling sites to add um, points to their algorithm. So for example, I used to think for a while that, you know, Google analytics was a, you know, if you have Google analytics on your website, now Google knows, you know, your time on site, they know your bounce rate and they don't use it because it's not accurate. Because they you can make every page you look like three pages. Yeah, they don't. They they can't even trust their thing because it's up to you to put it on your website. But they can, you know, send their own robot out to read your website. 
or or not or but uh if you go into search console there's a new mm-hmm. thing on the side that says i think it's like site speed yeah and uh google is transparent they say they're getting the data from chrome and they're mm-hmm. basically aggregating it over like 30 days to determine the speed in the real world of real users and that is affecting your rankings and so yeah. i don't think that it is a far stretch to believe that if people are bouncing off of your site that Google is seeing that in Chrome and that is being incorporated into rankings. So some of the things we're missing from this question are like, what industry are you in? What's the name? What's the website? Um, Because we might be able to help you as to maybe like why you're seeing a drop in rankings. Uh, And I think that would be a really interesting thing, especially because I'm like living this now. I'd love to go deeper. I would also, uh, what's what I, what I find curious about this is that, um, the plus side of the question is that sales of the paid product are still coming in. So mm-hmm. he's not losing what to me, any revenue from this, but signups have dropped, right? So email signups have dropped, but not as much as the traffic has dropped and revenue hasn't dropped because he's selling his own product. He's not selling. It's not affiliate links that he's losing. Perhaps there right? are poorly received clicks from Google on irrelevant things. That's kind of where I'm going, right? Maybe, uh, you know, you could look at like it. Maybe it was a bot that stopped, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I don't know if it's 25% is a pretty big bot. I, I don't think that that would be it. But perhaps like you, you know, like, for example, I talked about you earlier. It was like when I had some university and I was getting a lot of traffic, a lot more traffic. So right now I'm getting the same amount of traffic that I was uh, two years ago or, or, or a year ago. But last year, I had articles that were contributing the majority of my traffic about hot tub sex and about working out in a pool, and I deleted those posts. And so I was able to make up for that traffic, but I did see a drop. The, mm. the thing is, is that that drop really didn't affect my revenue at all because those people, even though I lost you know, probably not 25%, but maybe 5% of my traffic – None of those people were buying anything to begin with. None of those people were subscribing to my email list. So I'm wondering if what Google is doing, and I, and I think especially on your part, um, you, I think you lost traffic to a lot of the posts that really, in the in the long in the in the grand scheme of things, don't really fit your website mm. as a whole, but happen to be lucrative on your end, right? As opposed to Dave's end, where maybe it hadn't been that lucrative. So. I would say that, like, yeah, you're getting penalized for the things that Google b- perceives as not belonging on your website, mm. as like it doesn't pro- it doesn't fit the profile, and so they're like, well, they don't deserve to rank for this because they don't fit the profile. You know, that's a speculation. How worried should Dave be? How worried should you be? I'd say, um, I don't know if worried is the word. I think it's a wake up call for a lot of site owners. It's always, I think. This happens a lot to people, and if it were so to just happen, like to... tighten things up. Yeah, yeah, and you can get it back. I think you know, um, you, you know, if I'm going to be honest, like I've not had this happen to me, mm-hmm. so I can't really say that. Like I did have it happen to me in 2007, 2008, when I was really just you can doing live vicariously thing. through me. Then, yeah, I'd say like I mean, I think um, yeah, and, I, and I, I've talked to you about this extensively, which is I believe that like you know, like the pursuit of, you know, you can get very greedy very quickly when things work very well. And you're like, Mm. well, I'm just going to double down on what's working. 
And then you start to lose sight of what the mission of the of the website or the company really is. And I did that exactly with hot tub sex. Like, why the fuck would I rank for a term hot tub sex? Mm. It's because I wanted to prove to the to myself that I could rank for this this porn term. And and I and I did it, and it basically brought me nothing. Mm. And it's like, ugh, what are you doing? You know, it's like, what is the, what is the goal of Swim University? What is the goal of Brewcab? What's the goal of Money Lab? You know, and even Money Lab, I do the same thing. I start to like add all these pieces to money lab then i'm like what am i doing i'm just like i'm trying to get something because everyone else is doing it and that's not the mission of money lab we had an article on listen money matters or still do it may be gone by the time this goes live for free birthday gifts and it was like places or online or things you could do to get like free you know essentially amazon gift cards which yeah you know doesn't really make sense but hey we ranked for it and other right. people were doing it, so we did it. And it was yeah. totally the losing sight of what, you know. Yeah, it's not, it's a short-term gain, mm. right? For, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay. I mean, you get a lot of traffic because a lot of people search for hot tub sex. Are they quality or do they fit the rest of your mission? Probably not. Mm. So I'd say there's not really much. I mean, I would say definitely be worried and start fixing shit now. I would say don't even diagnose it because the, you know, I think with you and I, it's like, you asked me to sort of dive in and diagnose it. And, and I think um, you've even talked to companies to kind of go in, look at your backlink profile, things like that. Um, I took a more holistic approach to your website because I believe that's what Bird is doing. It's mm. like, does your what is what is your site? What does it do? What is its purpose on the internet? Where is its corner? Where does it where is its place? Where does it belong? And just like dominate that. Mm. and delete everything else that doesn't fit, you know, the products that you sell or the or the affiliate links that you really truly want to recommend and you know and try not to and like in and and that's it. I, I don't know. It's just like it feels simple, but again, I don't know the context of Dave's site, so it's hard for me to di- to sit here and and say, here's what I would do, but I would say definitely be worried <laughs> um but you don't have to diagnose that deep to find out what went wrong. Just fix, just make your site better overall. And again, whatever we learn, we'll share. Yes. Um, and we'll do more of that in the future. So thank you for your question, Dave. Moving on to Muhammad's question. How do you think online business owners will be affected if a recession happens and how should they prepare for it? Mm, love this. I love this question too. I feel like we even kind of talked about it today on you another think? show. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yes. But we didn't talk specifically about on, like online business owners like ourselves. Like, what am I going to do when a recession hits? I'll tell you that a conversation Laura and I have had for a while is that mm. we know when a recession hits, people are not going to be investing, even though that they should be. They're going to be afraid to, and so we really have, we're working to like kind of find income outside of investment products. You know, and I think okay. it's like understanding the nature of the what's driving your income let me pose another theory Mm -hmm. or another not a theory but like an idea so you're a luggage company and i only know this from experience right so you run a e-commerce luggage store right and a recession happens so what's the first thing that's going to happen to your business people stop going on vacation right so therefore they're not going to need luggage anymore What's your move? Is your move to uh, open up a new category of things that people will buy during a recession to stay afloat? Or is it ruthlessly cutting expenses, letting go of staff, 
and just riding out the storm. I mean, to a degree, I kind of feel both. And it de- depends. Like, uh, you know, I watch all these things like The Prophet or Shark Tank. Yeah. If you have like 30 skews, like you're so just not focused, you know. But uh, perhaps there are other things. I mean, maybe open another business. Yeah. Okay. So this is my, this is where I'm kind of get, getting to, which is, yes, I agree. I think that adding more obviously cu- to your line. expenses, but maybe you should have did that anyways. Before, right. It, exactly. That's exactly where I'm getting at, which is you should run your business as if every day you live in a recession. Mm. Right. Because if you're, if you're riding the edge of the wave, at all times, when that thing crashes, you're fucking dead. Yeah, I mean, I you we were we were watching this show about Shopify things and like they're constantly reinvesting their income and they're like constantly growing and scaling until one day, you know, we have a recession and no one's buying luggage anymore. And you're all all this traffic coming in from Facebook ads. You have to stop. You know, you have all this staff. Like you're just going to have to cut everybody at that moment. So why cut them then when you can cut them now? I don't know. I just think like, isn't it more long term? Like solidify, build up the reserves so that you can ride out the storm when it happens. Literally, I go through a recession every fucking year because the 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 seasonality seasonality. of. Right. And so what's my move? Do I spend the same amount of money every single month? No, I think now you do. No, now I do. But I mean, I'm sorry. The answer is yes. I spend the same amount of money every (laughs) month, but I spend enough money when it's the recession time Mm. so the the recession time for me is our peak and then our surplus in the summer is our surplus yes our spending peak correct so it's like i don't spend more than we make in the lowest months or more than we can when we can generate and still have leftover profit like i profit every month i don't not profit just because i'm riding out something or i'm like oh we need to invest more into growth like no that that that's being saved up into a coffer Hmm. that in case something were to happen in case the website goes down for a month for some dumb reason like i can survive the storm and so that's what i think shrewd yeah it's just yeah it's i mean it's also doesn't it doesn't it's not the way that people run their businesses right it's not the you know growth for growth's sake but i mean i i also believe i run i i shouldn't say this because I want to knock on wood right now, but I do feel like I have some kind of recession-proof business. And hear me out. So, and I'm talking about Swim University, because what's going to happen when the recession hits? People still want to swim. They're just going to take care of the pool themselves. And so everyone's just going to come to my site more, whereas now they can afford to hire a pool guy or a pool girl to Mm. take care of it. So I feel like even, I mean, the worst case is they don't open it, and then, yeah, that therefore I won't make anything. But they're going to probably keep it open because that's like the, their summertime thing. They're not going to go on vacation. They're going to use their pool more. True. You know, so I always think like it's hard to remove a pool. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's hard to remove a pool. I mean, th- but the, the industry won't grow, which I am fine with. I don't I mean, I'm, I'm cool with the industry never growing, mm. you know, but because I'm just going to keep, you know, because th- those people still own pools. Every, they, those pools don't leave those backyards. They stay in them. So I'm like kind of locked in for. A while. Uh, so I just think like that's another thing to think about is like, is your business recession proof? 
and you don't think listed money matters is. No, I mean, I think that there's counter like cyclical products, you know, mm-hmm. during a recession, there's probably a debt problem. Yeah. So you, you have know? to like focus more on that. Yeah. 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 So like I'm at it, like start doing that, putting those things in now so that when the recession does come, you have nothing to worry about. And I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, we had this long chat in a car ride from, you know, New York to Philly. Yeah. And Lasso was born out of, you know, my anticipation of the eventual death. Hopefully that never happens, but of listen, money yes. matters. And like income needs to come from somewhere. And exactly. So, so diversification is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, too. You can recession proof your business by <laughs> starting another business or, you know, having your, you know, eggs in different baskets. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't I don't know if there's anything else to touch on there. What do you think? I think it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, thank you, Bahamut. Moving on to Brent's question, which is a lengthy one, but let's get through it. Okay. <clears throat> I have a question about competition with other sites. Matt, that's me. You have Swim University. I have a site called T- Tile Shower DIY. We have a common competitor, Pool Cleaner Blog, that has shot up in all kinds of organic search rankings over the last year. I've heard Andrew talk about watching competitors religiously, but what can we actually do about it? I know the ultimate goal is just create better content, but what about when your competition is not doing that, but still winning, at least temporarily? Do we just wait it out until Google eventually corrects course back toward you? And he followed up by saying, Pool Cleaner Blog has some pretty shallow content that they rank for, so I'm guessing that they're doing some extensive backlinking stuff, and it's a little frustrating to see them snatching up some valuable keywords I've previously ranked for. Um, I have... I mean, I have an answer to this question, but uh, I what I want to know your thoughts right off the bat. I mean, my first thing is to go pull it up in Ahrefs and take a look. Uh, it looks like in October, they mm-hmm. took a pretty steep decline downwards mm-hmm. um, right at the end of October, which interesting is on point with this conversation. And you know that I Bert, personally, baby. hey, you, you know that I personally follow certain sites that you know and i've watched them kind of come and go as you've watched sites in the pool industry come and go mm-hmm. um i think that if you can't get behind quality is the only thing that matters like then i don't even know what to believe in right i agree um poor I think quality that's... cheaters they they <sighs> may win in sh- the short term but they're gonna they be always... gone they do i uh so before pool cleaner blog was the thing uh there was another site remember pool university Mm-hmm. Remember you you found them. They're like, dude, this guy's killing you. I'm like, yeah, he started like in April of 2016. Pool cleaner blogs like, copying you pretty hardcore too, especially yeah. with colors and yeah. So actually, uh, pool cleaner blog. Let me just pull it up because I'm pretty sure I had a cease and desist letter sent to them. Um, yeah, uh, and I have to send it again. I think so. They were. Uh, yeah, they were taking uh, my actual colors, like my actual hex colors for the blue and orange. And you could double check to see if they 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 said they had changed it. Um, and I think they did. The orange doesn't look exactly like my orange, but they're I mean, still it's pretty. Yeah. It's pretty close. But I had to send it. I'm like, I'm like, look, I know I can't send you a cease and desist letter because of hex codes, but you are literally stealing my my color scheme. And I've been in business longer. Do me a favor before I actually sick any lawyers on you just change the goddamn colors mm. you know what i mean it, i mean I, I can't say they can't be close they can be but it's just like whatever um 
I will say that like Pool University did the same thing. Uh, I've seen I've seen these companies come and go. Just they will. Um, you can't you. The reason I don't look at competition is because it it'll just it'll just make you crazy, and you're you're going to be competing against somebody who's not on the same le- level. That like Pool Cleaner Blog isn't trying to like be the ultimate pool site for all time. They they call themselves Pool Cleaner Blog. That's the worst branded name in history. I but am not. If you can so though I guess yes, fine. Their taste is not as good as yours, and I would agree. And you know which, they've copied which you, inspires which inspires trust. Sucks. People copy me as well. I was on a website uh, yep. that random chance, and they literally had a screenshot of my podcast advertisers page commenting mm-hmm. how this is how they find advertisers. Like, cool, bro. Yes. Whatever. But I think that you can look at these sites under like with the view that yeah, maybe they're cheating. But there's mm-hmm. also probably some things that they're doing right. Maybe they're consistent with you and it kind of like reaffirms what you're doing. Or maybe there's something that you are not doing that they are that you can discover. And so I think like you have to look for the on the yeah. bright side in that sense. Yep. But but you just said that they're losing traffic. They got a big hit in October, so I'm not real worried. Hmm. I didn't I didn't have that same hit. So I mean if there's and they're also trying to rank for like now you can look there uh, clearly they're trying to rank for tile shower stuff right so like y- you know we ha- you know yes we have a common competitor but we do not operate in the same space and that's that is a telltale sign that they're on their way out because they're just trying to rank for anything and everything and these Too sites broad. yeah these sites are going to um it's what you see on like when people are selling websites on flippa like they just they spin up these like review sites that literally review anything that has like low keyword difficulty and they try to get rid of, rid of them very quickly because they know they're not sustainable mm. and that's what's happening and i'm sure they're not even from the country y- you know just I, I, what i do in this situation is i wait it out and i did it i did the same thing with pool university i think i may have sent them a cease and desist letter because they were literally copying and pasting content from my website mm. which is illegal um and i will only cease and desist if I reach out to them multiple times and they refuse to do it. Um, usually when you reach out to companies like this, they're very quick to sh- take things down. But if they're not copying me, literally copying me, I mean, they might be copying my style, which, look, I didn't invent uh, orange and blue color scheme. You know, it's like, but you took my exact hex codes. and I'm like, all right, that's that draws the line. <laughs> and I didn't send I didn't sick my lawyers on them. I just said, like, look, do me a favor. I can't I don't I know I don't copyright orange and blue, but you're a pool site. I'm a pool site. People can't think we're, the, we're a part of the same thing. Mm. And so I can go after them with, you are copying me to the point where I don't want people, because I am a trademarked, you know, Swimming University's trademarked, registered. Mm. So I do have a little bit more leverage. And I can go after them for color scheme, because my, because I am, because my colors are trademarked. So for my specific brands, for my, you know, in my category, which right, they happen right. to operate in. So, um, but I usually just email them and they go, oh, and they'll change it in two seconds because they're scared. You know, they know why that risk. The- yeah. Why risk it? So, and they don't, there's no, they're not, there's not, they're not real people. If you look at, I mean, I don't know the last time I looked at pool cleaner blog, if you go to their about page, which I, you know, you shocked if you even have one about us. Uh, yeah, there's, oh, now we have uh, a bunch of people on the list. That is some bullshit right there. But anyway, there's, there's, there, these are just like, 
they're just copying everything everybody else is doing. So I just say, wait it out. Mm. Do and make better content. Just make better content. That's it. They won't last because they're trying to rank for so many things they can't keep up. Get angry and then let that anger fuel your but, growth. Yeah, your growth and your own like improve your own site. Don't go after. Don't spend your time going after them. Mm. That's it. Matt with your fucking lawyers. Yeah. Well, come on. Steal my shit. Sounds like a waste of time. Yeah, I don't have to do it. I just say in an email like, uh, stop these people. So, Brent, uh, thanks for your question. Appreciate it. Um, moving on to Raphael, because a fucking awesome name. That's mm-hmm. my uh I that's my condo street. Oh. Raphael Raphael Court. And obviously like the best ninja turtle. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, I mean if you, he's close dude, combat with those size, like I had a conversation with a friend the other night. The first Ninja Turtles movie. Mm. You remember it? Yeah. That is a fan freaking tastic movie. Like a like like beyond kids movie. Like it's dark, it's gritty, it's like so story driven. That shit is dope. Go back and watch the original Ninja Turtles. The original one. The other two are bullshit. But mm. the, the the original Ninja Turtles was dope. It's dark. All right, Raphael. In business. How do you pick an idea and keep it and keep at it until you succeed and not jump on the next shiny thing without ever actually finishing something? Matt, are you even qualified to answer this question? <laughs> are you? I I think I'm pretty steady and consistent. No, I mean, no? literally, I've been st- I mean, I've been steady for 10, 10 15 years with one thing. You with need, one thing. You need to, you know. Well, Money Lab's been since 2016. Mm. That's, that's pretty it's a long time. True. When we first met, I, you know, I don't know if I would. Listen, agree. Money Matters, hmm. the podcast, I left and came back. <laughs> so I was not consistent. But yeah, um, that's just a very loaded question and a very large question. And I would, I have a, what do you, how do you, like, what do you think? I mean, you seem to be the expert on this. I'm not. But I, but I think like, uh, everyone's like, Choose your passion, whatever. And I think you find things that are interesting. Mm -hmm. What I've discovered happens is as you build a thing Mm -hmm. and it starts to get traction, does good, you actually just like the thing for the thing because you made it. And it kind of takes on a feeling and whatever of its own. Mm. Um, And so, you know, there's that. Um, And then the hundred hours that you put in to make a dollar. you know, if when you fast forward a few years, you put in a hundred hours and you make many more dollars as a result. So yeah, truth compounds. be told, like the real profit and the money you make is on year five, six, the time you put in. Yeah. And so like do everything for a year and never make any money or just kind of stick with it because you're following the money. Yeah. I think it's I think it's um well, okay. So here's where I think it gets difficult though, right? How do you know that the idea that you're betting on is going to work in four years? You don't. And I guess the idea is by the time you're at year two, it should be pretty clear um, that you're either delusional, you know, Mm -hmm. or you just you hit something wrong. And hopefully it doesn't take you two years. I'll say this. I my year two, it wasn't until my year like four or five to when I actually started taking it seriously. So it wasn't like. But you weren't full-time at year two. No, I wasn't full-time at year six. Right. And so it's hard to say, you know, a limited amount of hours. It might not mm-hmm. have been fair. 
right? Had you given yeah. Swim U a full time for Which two I did years, at some point, yeah. And, and it then did it work like out. blew up, you know, and yes. same with LMM. But, but not everyone has full time. Right. You need to right. like feel, you have to like eventually take the leap, but yeah. like see that there's. I will say this just, and it's the only advice I can, the only advice I can really give here is simply that I constantly regret not uh, sticking to an idea. Mm. Um, so if that tells you anything, like I believe I would be much further along than I am had I stuck with Swim University and put a hundred percent of my time and effort into it for the last fifteen years. And I would even add on top of that, like I constantly regret or feel the pressure of being pulled in too many directions, mm-hmm. and I kind of wish that I had done more or in in lulls of work instead of just like i don't know taking a break or whatever i picked on a new thing and now it's like how could i possibly so it it comes to bite you yes i will say this too the reason why i believe you pick a new idea insert there's there's different reasons you pick idea like you know you chase the the shiny object in different levels of where you are in my early days, the reason I, ch- you know, chased, uh, you know, building a, a social network for dogs or some other random Crocs website. Because you were is drunk be- all the time. Yes, yeah, <laughs> super drunk. Uh, is because I was desperate to make money faster because the mm-hmm. thing that I was currently working on being Swim University wasn't paying off enough. And so I thought, well, if I work on two things, two are better than one, three are better than one. And so one of them will pay off and then I'll just focus on that and push it forward or whatever. So that was like a desperation for fast income early on was the reason I chased a a shiny object. Now it's boredom. The reason I I chase another thing is because I'm so bored with this thing. It's making plenty of money and it pays all of my bills and then some. It's just that now I'm like kind of bored creatively and I want to do something different. And so therefore I, you know, I'm chasing a shiny object for a different reason, six years, seven years, 10 years down the line. Right. I think, Mm. uh, you probably experienced sort of the same things, right. We're like, okay, the, uh, the other reason is just like, uh, yeah, it's diversification. You give yourself all these like actual reasons of like wanting to do it, but like, you know, we, you and I both, or at least I would say that like, had I, if I, we're still working 100% of my time, you know, 40 hours a week on some university creating content. Like it would be crushing so hard. Like it would just be like, ugh, like, you know, like, but it would have also closed you to all these other opportunities and this, all these avenues that you've grown into. And honestly, yeah. where, where your interests now align. So it's like this dual edged sword, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, str- I strongly believe in like the war of attrition where a mm-hmm. lot of times, you know, why is Swim University successful over pool cleaner blog? You know, it's better, you know, in mm-hmm. many ways objectively, but also perhaps not that different. But, you know, all of your competitors haven't lasted as long. You know, they've yes. given up or they're they're newer. And so yep. part of it is just when you find something that is working, like you just have to stick with it. Yeah. So here's a, another way to look at it. Pretend like if you're getting into business and you're picking an idea and you need to keep at it till you succeed, think of it this way. All of us had to do four years of high school, Mm. right? All of us had to do it. We graduate high school. Some of us chose to go to college, right? 
the ones that went to college got to do anything they wanted after college. The ones that didn't had to, you know, kind of pick a trade and get into it. So, and that's figured it. I mean, I'm, I'm saying this as an analogy, not that this actually loose. happened. And yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a loose analogy. So like, not talking of, about like half and half of this. Right. I'm just saying like, look, do it for four years. Hmm. In four years, you will have graduated, which means you'll probably be making decent money. You can choose to do four more years. And then after four more years, you can do whatever the fuck you want because you've proven it. But you can also decide to not go to college and do a bunch of different things and, you know, and fuck off. I feel like I chose that path. I did four years of real meaningful work, work on some university to the point where I was like, fuck college. I'm not going. I'm just going to start all these other things. And that's where I am now. Had I spent eight years on some university, I think I'd be in a way better place than I am today. So I'd say like you have at least four years. Pick something, work on it for four years. And especially if you're part time, like four years is is still four years. It's just like it's it's just going to be harder because you have more things to do. I think that is a great test. And then perhaps the one thing you should do at the end of four years is have an objective conversation with someone else who's not a yes man or woman. Yeah. To like triangulate if you have to if you should double down. Right. That's it. So, Raphael, thank you for your question. And moving on to our fifth and final question from Jerry, who says, I have a small YouTube channel that makes around $1,300 per month, which is actually pretty awesome, in my opinion. Mm. I love it, and I've been working on it after the kids go to bed for almost three years. I need to 8x my revenue to quit my job, roughly. Should I double down and make more videos? Or should I start a blog slash website to complement my channel and maybe open up a new new streams of income? Ooh, I lo- I love this one. Can, yeah, can start, please. So, on YouTube, you own zero customers. On YouTube, there are a bunch of arbitrary requirements and restrictions that you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, I mean, and if you're a YouTuber, you probably know that. Videos get delisted for stupid reasons. For example, CGP Gray, love his stuff, literally had his channel shut down because the YouTube algorithm thought he was impersonating CGP Gray. Like, he <laughs> literally got shut down for impersonating himself, which is stupid, but it happened. And the, the, the problem is that it's great for all of the things and its distribution, but you lack complete control. And yes. so the cool thing is like, if you just started an email list with your YouTube channel, you would at least get customers, you know, that you could then email and I don't know what, you know, and a website is kind of an extension on that. Your videos can live on your website as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And to maybe put the play on what you're doing, Matt, um, I, you Google pool things and often your videos appear higher in Google search than your actual website. And so in that sense, you own more real estate. Yeah. So I think um, like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I would also like, I would also say everyone gets super butthurt when Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube changes the algorithm because the, 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 the growth that you've attained, you know, the growth of getting up to a million subscribers or a million followers on all these platforms, you know, all of a sudden gets cut in half or a third or, or, or more because 
you know, you're like, and you're like, oh, fuck this company. And like, if you go on YouTube, everyone's just complaining about YouTube, mm-hmm. right? The, 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 the problem with complaining about it is like, it's free. It's completely free. All of these are free. Like you, ha- you would have had zero. You would have had nothing if it wasn't, wasn't for these things, mm. right? So they're going to change their algorithm because they have a business to run. And ultimately, you do too. And you should not be basing your business off someone else's business because you never know what's going to happen. You're raising your hand. I, this is a podcast. You can say words. I, mean, I didn't want to interrupt your, <laughs> your, your thing. No, I just want to point that out too, which is like these things are free. I want, I want to remember like, that. Uh, touch on the business end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so forget YouTube. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the name of a website. Um, Thomas Frank, you know, a friend of ours, is a YouTuber, makes yep. a minority of his income from YouTube, and the reason is because it's no, a actually, minority, a majority, minority, and minority. And listen, listen okay. minority, and the reason is because uh, these businesses that we run, or the businesses that I think that we could even speak on essentially are monetized in what is called like a CPM fashion earnings per thousand. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like how we compare our metrics across brands, channels, whatever. An auto monetized YouTube ad generally is $5 or less per thousand views. Mm -hmm. The listen money matters podcast has automated ads through megaphone and they sell them for about 45 to $50 per thousand you know Mm -hmm. and arguably video is a higher quality medium than audio yet comparing these two things you know the podcast is arguably 10 times more profitable our websites that earn affiliate income is an even higher multiple per thousand visits than that and so um you know Per product sales, you know, if Matt sells a $99 course and a thousand people view his landing page, he may sell 10, which is then a even higher multiple. And so the thing is, you started building the audience, but you kind of have to push up the value chain. Yes. The other part of it, too, is you need and I think you and I talked about this recently is like um, we need to do a better job at capturing Mm. and owning because you may think that people are subscribing to your YouTube channel that that's a form of capturing. However, you they can't. At, yeah, you can't. You can't go and find out anyone's email address. I don't even believe that you could go in and find out who those people actually are. Hmm. Like once they're a subscriber, like you don't you don't have access to that information, or nor could you email them or message them in any sort of capacity directly to say like, "Hey, thanks for watching my video," unless they comment. So you don't own that list of people, you have nothing to do with your subscribers. However, if you start your own thing and you bring people over, then you can do that, right? And so I, I'm i a big fan of H3. H3, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't really know why, but I just kind of like it. And he has a podcast and he's been a YouTuber for, he's like an OG YouTuber. And I can tell you that he makes most of his money selling a clothing line that he promotes on that show, hmm. like multi-million dollar clothing line wow. and has not, and has nothing really to, I mean, I know he makes some money on the, on the YouTube show because, you know, he's, he's worried about getting demonetized all the time because of like showing a, you know, a piece of music or whatever, because he's a commentator. So he commentates on other things. So he tends to get like delisted and demonetized a lot. Um, 
And so he's still using it as a content network to drive traffic and to drive fans to his other things, to like th- ways that he can make more money, repeatable money, and, and capture those leads. And I think that that's just smart. That's just like, doesn't matter what it is. Like, I don't think you should, I don't, doesn't, it doesn't mean you should not double down on making more videos. I do believe you should double down and make more videos. But at the same time, I believe that you need a place to start capturing those people. It doesn't have to be like a full on blog, you know, where there's content there. You just need a place to start capturing people and selling them things other than YouTube ads. I think you need a diversification of your income stream. And that could be affiliate links like certain people do who, you know, you know, look at Peter McKinnon. Like he, the guy, like he sells a backpack now. He's selling coffee. He's selling merch. You know, he's selling things that like the YouTube channel is really just his marketing channel. It's not his actual business. You know, it just happens to be a great marketing channel for him. I think it's like, so I think, I think, I think like be the product being the pinnacle. And it's like the degree of risk you take. Yeah, You know, like if you're running ads on your YouTube channel, those advertisers are taking a risk on the audience and so they're not going to pay a lot, yeah. you know, and like if you have your own product, you know, you keep more of the value. Yeah. I sent a, a pre-sale email out to the Listen to My Matters audience for a course we did mm-hmm. and I just did the calculation based on the amount of people on our email list. The CPM was $177, infinitely higher than what we get, you know, like more than uh, what is that? three times higher than what we get if we ran ads on the show. Yeah. But it's because it's our own product. I'd also like point you to, I'm trying to, I'm just pulling it up now. My moneylab.co slash YouTube dash optimization experiment. Um, because I'm pretty sure that in this, and I'm like kind of looking real quick. I'm pretty sure I added a section where I talk about the revenue and how much money, um, you know, I actually made from doing this channel. And it's like, I show you the revenue that I made from the actual like, yeah, so I do have it here. So like in 2019, I made $7,843 from YouTube ads. So like, you know, not I'm not doing $1,300 a month, but that's just from YouTube ads, right? Which is mm-hmm. essentially what, you know, we're talking about here, right? From Jerry's talking about $1,300 a month. However, I made $6,400 from product sales. Because in my YouTube videos, I am also they're 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 definitely monetized, and then I'm also promoting my own products mm. within those videos, and those you know, and I have a place for you to leave to go buy them, which be, you know is one way for me to capture you. But that I should be adding more ways of like you know being able to capture you so that I can sell you things later on, or even email you when I have a new video video out. Because sometimes you know YouTube's not gonna who knows. And who knows if YouTube's going to like keep doing the subscriber thing? Who knows? I don't know. So, I mean, I'm sure they will at this point. They're kind of locked into it. So I believe that I would do both. It's like double down on video and then also, you know, have some sort of owned asset where you can drive people out of YouTube and into your thing. That's it. I do like the idea of double down on YouTube, though. I do think YouTube is a fucking kick-ass marketing channel. It's just, it requires a lot of work, you know, as opposed to like, you know, Twitter or Pinterest or something where like Twitter or even like Instagram, like Instagram is a great marketing channel for brands. 
I think it's terrible for bloggers because you can't, unless you have 20,000 followers, which is really hard to get, you can't send links out to things. And it just seems so dumb. Like, don't do Instagram. And it's like, it's like, oh, you're, you I have agree. to take, screw Instagram. That's... You have to take good pictures. You have to like create this content. It can't, it has to be words as well. So you're basically creating these mini blog posts on a platform that you don't own that won't even give you links out from the platform. You're chasing hundreds where you could be chasing thousands. Right. Interestingly, let's say he gets a $5 CPM on YouTube. That means that he's getting about 260,000 views a month on his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And I think if you like take a step back and like un- imagine the scale of reaching 260,000 <laughs> right. human beings. Yeah. Like imagine if you had an ice cream store and 260,000 people entered your ice cream store and all you made was $1300. Maybe you're not even have. Maybe you don't have ice cream in there. I don't know. No, right? Like, they're like they're walking in. Like, can I have some ice cream? You're like, no, we we don't we don't actually have ice cream here. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, I'm never coming back. Like, yeah, you could do better. You yeah. know, and it's just like um, attempting to capture more value or providing and more I, value to these people. Yeah, and I think that uh, we talked about this off air at another point, but we were saying that like, or at least I've been saying that I need to get a lot more serious about the way that I capture people on all of my sites Hmm. because I pretty much go like, hey, sign up for this thing. It's fine. There's really no incentive to do so. And then if 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 Google goes away, if YouTube goes away, like I have, what do I have to show for it? I should have a spreadsheet of things at least to show for it and at least be able to carry on a business uh, without without really you know access to tra- web traffic and YouTube video views, and like not hedge your the, bets against Google yeah like those Haiti. yeah right like and it's again that is one company too so I just say like it's it's not such a bad idea to start capturing people that you've worked so hard to build up just in case Google hates you one day. Hmm. Just, like, it's just it's just yeah you're forty percent of the way there. Exactly. And you're the hardest 40% because you created things, creating things is hard and yeah. people are viewing it, which is hard to get. Now you just need to monitor. And again, $1,300 a month is a lot. Yeah. It's definitely more than I'm doing. But I get and the I guy have, needs more. Yeah. What do I have? 26,000 subscribers, which is not small. I know people that do way better than, than like with 26. I mean, I could be doing way better with 26,000. So, all right. I think that's it. Hmm. What do you think? You feel good? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up? No. I, I right. Those are awesome questions. Yeah, they were really awesome. Uh, I want to thank Dave, Muhammad, Brett, Raphael, and Jerry for your questions. Thank you so much. And I want to thank Francisco, Francesco, Francesco. All of them? Yeah, just one person. Francesco for sending in my new little name, Boopity Boppity. I am like terrible with names. Yeah, you're pretty and I, and I have one of the hardest last names of all time. So I want to thank everyone who sent in a question. Thank you so much, everybody. Keep them coming in. We're going to be doing more shows like this in the future, as we always do. And, of course, I need to thank and always want to thank Andrew, my man, Drew, for joining me on this in mm. almost every episode of Money Lab. Thank you so much. My pleasure, sir. Sweet. Head over to moneylab.co to read more about our business experiments and challenges. And email Matt at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on the show. And feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. Because I do definitely read them. There are no bad suggestions. 
If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, please leave a review. Okay, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Please tell your friends about this show. <laughs>